You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Luck After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424 256 1729. And now, another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Luck After Show. Oh, yeah. This is our first time with an official intro. Round of applause for us. I'll get my own round of applause. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Ronnie in the booth. That's right, Ronnie Jr. this week in the booth. So happy about that. All right, yeah, it's a brand new intro. That sounded good. Post-game wrap-ups of your favorite TV shows. I know. You gotta love it. We do the post-game. We're gonna give you the play-by-plays. Luck. Now, I, speaking of which, I want to talk really briefly on the intro to the show. Something really interesting, Kristen. What we pointed out last week was every episode had started with Chester and ended with Chester. This episode didn't. What's with that? I don't know, but I was kind of annoyed by that. I don't feel like we really got a lot of Chester this episode, and I'm not sure we got a whole lot of Toro. It, yeah. Who did we get a lot of this episode? Um, We got a lot of Jerry, a lot more of Jerry, and a lot more of Jerry. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I oh. think you're right. And we got some Rosie. We got some, ooh, we got some Rosie nudity going on. I am so mad. Like, what happened Why to the... Why are you mad? We got some boobs. Oh, okay. You don't... Okay, fine. Because I was looking for, like, the romance, like, to slowly get there, right? Yeah. But I guess those jockeys, they like to go fast, don't they? They do. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's our laugh track. <laughs> Ronnie was busy adjusting cameras. Thank you. Yeah, so it's funny because we've been talking about how you thought a romance was going to spark up mm-hmm. between the two of them, and all of a sudden... It's there. They're already, they've been doing it the whole time. Apparently. Like, aren't you kind of upset about that, though? I mean, who doesn't like some suspense and a romance, right? I saw some boobs. I was pleased. I was <sighs> like, HBO, I expect happy. more from you. I don't. <laughs> I got what I wanted. I saw new, at the start of the episode, nudities in the episode. I was like, fist pumping, dancing. I was happy. So this world's coming together slowly. Yeah, it is. So what was interesting was we kind of, and interesting, we kind (laughs) of noticed that um, at least last week when we were watching the previews, it looked like things were going to really pick up and start moving really quickly. And you and I both noticed this episode was a little slower than we thought it would be. Slowed down. It really slowed down. There was really only two major events, and only one of them a major, major event, I'd say. Because there's the Jerry gambling right. major story, and that one—it's a major story, but I don't think it was that. They huge could have of a like point. brought out some knives and like at least threatened to cut his throat. Some throwing knives, maybe. Something. I mean, they were at the Chinese restaurant, whatever. Jerry, you come to my restaurant, <laughs> we throw knives at you. Get no, back. I think what he promised him was actually girls. Ah. And there weren't any. Now, can you throw out? You threw an interesting point to me. About what girl did come 
to the Chinese restaurant? Naomi? Naomi? Is that the name of her? Yes, and she was the dealer. And I was really thinking that she liked Jerry and, you know, dealers. They can play their tricks. I thought that she was going to help Jerry win. But she didn't. But clearly she felt bad for him. We could see it in her eyes. Yeah, she kept giving him these sideways glances. Mm -hmm. Like, clearly she cared about him. And it's just interesting. I don't know exactly. Maybe this is just something I don't know how it works with dealers. But maybe you can pay them extra money on the side. Like, come deal with us to do an official game. So you know that's not rigged. I don't know. But it was weird that she actually came to this Chinese restaurant with them to deal for them. And the way that I thought Lester was approaching it, like we see in the beginning him like taunting Jerry, and even in the bathroom, really? You're going to follow him to the bathroom? That's like where you're supposed to get some That's privacy. How, Jerry, you come pee with me, so I taunt you about your baby. <laughs> I'm not being racist. I'm just imitating Lester, okay? Yeah, because what did he say? Or those of the hosts only who don't necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners. What did he Good say about his Thank baby? You. Can you repeat that line, how he was like, my kid is going to mess you up or whatever? Well, he future. was saying... He was saying something about like how you're going to have babies and they are going to be poor and you're going to use the money that you're supposed to use for babies. And then Jerry was just like, my babies are going to mess you up. <laughs> like, so it was pretty much like that was his taunt. Just like, they're going to get older and they're going to mess you up, Lester. I felt like Jerry was really badass last episode, and this time he was just, like, a pity guy. Oh, like, man, like, his hair me. was down the like, whole time? Like, go get a haircut, f- keep it fresh. Like, you're supposed to be I think the whole episode, badass. he was kind of like this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there goes the headset. Yes, that was I don't perfect. need a headset. <laughs> exactly what jerry was doing the entire episode and you know what i didn't feel bad for him and the gamblers had to actually come rescue him from the restaurant but i have a question before we get to that i have a question for you did you think that lester was trying to develop a friendship at all with jerry when he was inviting him to his restaurant you know at first i kind of thought it was this friendship thing from Mm -hmm. the past couple episodes like it was kind of like a more of a friendly rivalry this felt more like, come to my restaurant because I want some money from you. I, I don't think it was as much of friendship as I thought it was before. Because what? at the restaurant, they play with stacks of bills. Yeah. Not little chips. And it seemed like a lot more money. Oh, yeah. Definitely a lot more money on the table. And then at the end, he made fun of him for leaving. Although, I think that was more of like inside for him like because he probably could have made a bigger deal out of them leaving than he did so i think i kind of wish he did i kind of wish he had some of his little mafia guys like stand up and, what is and, this like, Kristen? you think they all chinese people know kung fu or something like no but i didn't say that that was all you right there <laughs> but this is lester's world i expect a little more yeah Especially because look at all that money on the table. And we're in some, like, back room, no lights, like, just a couple pretty girls and a crowd of people watching. Pretty girl constantly massaging Lester the entire time. I kind of expected a little more. With all that money on the table, like, give me flashing lights. Where's the drinks? You know, I don't know. It wasn't classy enough for me. They were literally just in the back of a restaurant, like, and I'm pretty sure they were chopping chicken, like, right next to them. They were doing that. (laughs) And the other thing they were doing was, um... Well, the other thing that we noticed was they kind of had to slip some money. The gamblers had to slip them some money to get in. Very, like, low profile, like, here's some money for you. I got some money to play the game. Mm -hmm. So that also seemed very mafia-esque that they had to do that stuff. Or maybe that was just their perception was they had to do that stuff when really they didn't have to. (laughs) Okay, and then... They think that Marcus was joking about, like, pulling the whole, my heart's killing me, I can't breathe, and, like, 
saying that he needed to go get Jerry. That was kind of really weird the way that happened at the end of that beautiful race, which I want to talk about later. But he just ends up gasping for life and deciding at that moment is when they need to go get Jerry. Do you think he was just like reflecting on his horse and where their focus should be so that they can get to a point where Rosie's possibly hiding, like riding their horse across the finish line? Right. Um, you know, honestly, I'm not sure with that because it might it might have just been a convenient plot device to get them out of there. But we do see in the upcoming attractions this is going to play a bigger role, which we can talk about later. But it almost felt like a bit of a plot device to me at that point. Like, okay, he just all of a sudden is like, Jerry, Jerry, I need to talk about Jerry. No, this is HBO, son. <laughs> There's no plot devices. Like, they do these things for a reason. Not like, in episode four. I think so. I think absolutely he was just like, you know what? This was beautiful, this horse and, and Rosie riding it. And I want that to be my horse. You know, what should we be doing? Where's all of our players yeah. We need to be focusing on our horse, you know, and all of our guys aren't even here. You're right, because actually you are right, because then during the race, you notice that the gamblers are really into that race. They're really, really into it more, which I kind of commented on you when we were watching it, like, why are they so into this? This isn't their <laughs> horse, but they were like really like, wow. Because I think that's like what they want to build towards. Yeah. And also, we noticed the whole time that they are trying to get on Escalante about Escalante. what's going on. Escalante, thank you. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it was spelled with a D, but they always pronounce it Escalante. But they're trying to get on him about what's going on with our horse. We haven't seen a training. He wants to be very, very private with it. And I... Th- we didn't see Toro a whole lot this episode. We didn't see Toro much at all, except for we did see him with the Night Watch. <laughs> The, He's still his, with the vet. The vet. And it seemed like he was trying to pull some information out of her about mm-hmm. good morning. Getting up morning. Getting what up morning. It, can we just pause for a moment? Getting up morning? What exactly does that mean? Because he gets up every morning and thinks about his horse. Walter is kind of creepy about this horse. Getting up morning. Let me pull us to this scene <laughs> about how creepy Walter is about the horse when he's talking to the horse like like it's the horse's father. Yes, he was talking he's, to the horse's father about the horse that he's in front of talking to. But the horse's father is dead, so he was talking. He must have. He had to be talking to the horse itself, but he was referring to getting up morning as getting up morning's father about getting up morning. Like I said before, Walter is not a people person. He's an animal person, and he's got all of the past animals that he talks to too. I don't know. He's some kind of horse god. He does talk to his dog this episode. And we think the name is Rufus for the dog. Yes, Rufus sounded like what he said. Mm -hmm. He really only talks to animals, Walter does. Yeah, maybe that's why he likes Rosie so much, and he was kind of nervous about calling her last time, is Mm because he knows he's a horse whisperer, (laughs) but not a people whisperer. (laughs) Maybe. So that could be the dealio there. Um, So actually, I want to touch on that gambling, the gamblers and Turo scene real quick, because something I noticed that I thought you would like. Oh. With the camera angles. <laughs> oh, camera angles. Camera angles. Is the last episode you'd mentioned that when the horse is initially owned by these gamblers, we see this low angle pointing up at them like mm-hmm. they're a big deal all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Now, something I noticed was from Turo's room looking out on them, it's a low angle looking down specifically from his window from you that viewpoint. All right. Round yeah. of applause. <laughs> So clearly, Turo, Can I just demand those <laughs> all the time. But I appreciate it. 
But yeah, so clearly right. Turo's looking down on them still. So that was an interesting thing that I noticed thanks to you from last episode. Yeah, so Toro's looking down at them, but they kind of got respect from everybody else in this world except for Toro. Right. And I don't think this horse is going to do well until Toro gives the gamblers the respect that they deserve. And do they deserve respect at this point? I mean, they've got the money. (laughs) Money buys respect. Money is power. Money is power. Money buys respect. And you know what? I would throw myself off a building in a box and bounce back up for a million dollars. Now, I don't think Ronnie got it, but I was re- making a direct reference to the episode. Oh, Ronnie got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nathan Israel and his million dollars. And you know what? If we, we want to move to that, he actually is proving himself quite well. Yeah, he had a great line that I liked a lot that he said with Chester. So he was saying, he's finally like, okay, I want to know how am I going to earn my keep here? Yeah. And Ace says, well, what do you think you'd be good at? And he replies, answering a question with a question, because that's exactly what Ace just did. Yes. So he catches on to that in the moment and realizes he's going to be asking questions to people. But it's not just that. Last episode, Ace made fun of him for that exact thing, Mm -hmm. answering a question with a or. Yeah, answering a question with a question. Ace and Gus had ripped on him last episode. So it's another, like, sneaky, like, I gotcha. That's what you're good at? That's the card we're going to play with you. So that was pretty awesome. he is just going to be annoying the hell out of Mike by answering questions with questions. Who we finally got to meet this episode. And what did you think of him as a sort of mob boss? On his boat, his luxurious boat. I mean, that I mean, I was waiting. I was waiting for him to pull out his wand and yell "Avada Kedavra." <laughs> we looked up <laughs> Mike Gamden. Uh, actually, played Dumbledore in the last Harry Potter. Yeah, for those Harry Potter fans out there. He is the second Harry Potter, or the second Dumbledore after right. he was replaced. But I knew I recognized him. I, I like his voice. He's he has a very. A, he has a sinister way, voice. The way he talks, he kind of like look. He really looks down on people. Like, he bends his okay, face in I'm order going, to look down on I'm people. going to do something right now. Ronnie, please pull to the wide shot because <laughs> oh, this God. is my interpretation of how Mike <laughs> apparently likes to sit. You ready? <laughs> Where are you going to sit? Well, for the sake of the iTunes people, Kristen, say something, please. <laughs> okay. okay. That was how he did it. All right. You guys just have to go to YouTube and watch our video to see what exactly just went down here in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Words cannot describe. I will describe his. He did this weird little, like, I'm going to walk around the couch and then flip over backwards and put my leg over one leg up. Some circus stuff. And then also whip out my crotch in people's face move. He did whip whip out his crotch. (laughs) (laughs) So. And uh, he can lift his leg really high. Yeah, what's That's some nice positioning? He's been doing some, uh, you know, some stretches, some groin stretches, making sure he can do those. Well, lifts. we know he's been doing groin stretches because he offers up all the ladies on the ship. That's all two of the ladies. Yeah, they were good looking though. They were attractive, but and, and Ace points out, you know what? I don't play that way. Yeah, and Ace kind of like gets he gets feels, in his face. He gets in his like, face. You prick. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of an interesting relationship with what happened there. Because at first, they are very kind of formal, and then 
I guess Mike pulls out this like, hey, I think you might be trying to screw me over thing, mm-hmm. which Chester is, but he Are kinda, you out for revenge? But what was interesting to me was at first Chester plays it off as no, I'm not, but then he kind of pulls a power move on Mike <clears throat> by kind of like turning around like, by the way, if something happens with my grandson and you mess with him again, I will fuck you over. That's exactly when Ace kind of blew up was when he said- Oh, and how is your grandson? And he yeah. was like, don't you ever bring that There's up. F- don't talk about my mama. Don't talk about my grandson. <laughs> There's just a switch flip there. Right? But it was interesting because it wasn't what you would expect from Ace's composure, I feel mm-hmm. like. That wasn't his typical yeah, composure. Yeah, right. Are you kidding me? Ace blows up at any chance he gets. But I feel like with Mike, he was trying to play it really cool. He was. And that's why I wasn't expecting that. But he's blow up Bernstein. That's oh, true. and he also, Mike also called him No Sweat Bernstein. He was like, are you kidding me? I've sweat. I've worked. <laughs> yeah, very interesting how they were very at each other's throats in They a way. know each other. They have a past. But they still make that agreement. They make an arrangement. Well, sort of. Mike's like partners, and Ace doesn't say anything. He just kind of whips his hand in there like a punch to the, to the hand. It's like, hmm. That wasn't yes. a very nice handshake. No, it doesn't more but, like I hate you, but this has but to. But it was down. just still like, yeah, it was like a respectful type of like. I, I feel know. like you know, like Ace didn't answer, but still like a handshake to me is like this is still a sealed deal in the gentleman's Contract. world. This is how gentlemen act, Kristen. So you know. <sighs> well, Very introduce me to those gentlemen because I haven't seen any. <laughs> Ronnie's anyway, in the booth right note. there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <you>. See. <laughs> All the gentlemen in the booth. They're all in the booth. Okay, moving on. We want to talk about Ace and Claire's relationship. Okay, Claire just kind of came out of nowhere still. I don't know what. And and why is Ace... uh, Okay, the sexual attraction is clearly there. And I feel like that's why he's really buying into this whole ex-convicts helping the old horses. I mean, that's kind of like bullshit if you ask me. What is that all about? What are your thoughts on that? That is the weirdest <laughs> random thing. Like, if, A, how does she even know that he is involved with horses in the first place? And that he was an ex-con. And that he was, well, I guess like you can find out the ex-con thing by like looking up I'm going to start approaching Google. ex-cons and asking them for a lot of money yeah, and it's for like, a charity that I'm going to start. But yeah, just like she <laughs> randomly ballsy goes up to him and asks mm-hmm. him and then like she has some like private reasons, personal reasons and the note that she gives him like please read my note. And yeah. it's it's a re- weird interaction and I guess Chester's motivation even though he says I haven't thought about girls in that way in years. He's like, that ship has sailed, Gus. Because Gus kind of brings that whole thing up. But, but you know what? He did change his tie, yeah. oddly, at some point. But it was also then Gus brings up, like, well, she was a very nice lady. And then Chester kind of reflects mm-hmm. on, like, she was a very nice lady. She was yeah. a very, very nice lady. And East kind of tries to tell her yes right away without even seeing the budget. But... He's he says uh, something like you know serious responsible people they sort of have that problem it's like they it holds them back they can never accept a yes serious yeah. and responsible people and I guess that's true because I'm very serious and responsible and and like I kind of want to hear no isn't that bad I guess it depends on what <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> I don't know how do you feel about this situation I mean again. It's kind of a, a strange do you relationship. See that, do you think that she's going to be a mole for Mike? 
I mean, I don't get what else her purpose would be necessarily, right. you know, because mm-hmm. there's got to be something further that's pushing her other than like, how would she know to find him? How would she know where to go to catch him? Why is she so interested in it? I mean, maybe there's got to be something with her personal reason that was in the note that somehow relates to Mike. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there's something in that. But outside of that, I don't know why she would have ever found him in the first place. Right. Well, clearly he's attracted to her. We see that little glimmer in his eye. And he's constantly thinking about her from the beginning of this episode to the end. He does mention her. I think in the very first scene we see him, he mentions her. He talks about her. We see him with Mike for like 10 seconds. The rest of the episode, he's with this woman. Well, he's with Nathan Israel for the brief amount of time, too. In the end. So, you know, just throwing it out there. Yeah. He's always with Gus, though. Maybe there's something going on there. I want to know, like, where that relationship stemmed from. You know, I I didn't realize Gus had so much money, though, because it wasn't until the end scene when mm-hmm. he was talking about, like, back when I was, if I was a kid and I, before I was a millionaire, so Gus clearly has a lot of money, too, so. Ace is like, you already have a million dollars. Yeah. He's so like, maybe it's just for being a per- personal chauffeur, personal I assistant. I think so. I want to know what he originally did, you know, if he was driving cars his whole life. I don't think so. I don't know. Driving Miss Daisy Ace around. I don't think so. I don't think you make millions that way. So something I thought was going to come out this episode that we didn't see was going to be, I thought we'd still see some interaction with Chester and Turo, mm-hmm. but we didn't. So I was a little surprised by that. It's pushed to next episode, we can see. But what we did get a lot of this episode was the jockeys this time. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot of jockeys, a lot of Rosie, and a little bit of Joey. So Rosie comes back. And she is so excited to get back on that horse. Yeah, really happy, really happy interaction with Walter. Mm-hmm. And she gets her own changing room because there aren't that many girl jockeys. And Marcel is there to help. Marcel, which <laughs> apparently in some language means mute. Maybe that's French? Right. I mean, I'm I assuming know. it means mute because right. they make some joke like, he can't speak. His name is Marcel. <laughs> and Chris and I were like, <laughs> that's hilarious. Wait, uh, we what? don't get it. <laughs> uh, so, yes. And Rosie, we see her praying to the Virgin Mary. Yeah. Before she goes on. Clearly, she's Catholic. Yes. And she's got a bond with not only that horse, but also to her religion. Well, she is Irish, so that does make Mm -hmm. sense. It does make sense. And I basically, the best shot of this entire episode was that beautiful race with the classical music. Especially you know, that end shot of Rosie's butt. That yeah. was the best shot. We're not there yet. <laughs> I got excited. I'm the, sorry. The shots that I really appreciate is always right before a race when we're in the gates. Yeah. Like, there's so much suspense built up in those gates. All the close-up shots. Sort of uncomfortable because you're in this little area. The metal gates. You're it's You kind of feel the audience, there's I feel like. There's also, like, like a lot of, of zoom-ins. Yeah, zoom-in. You kind of feel really frustrated and antsy. By the shots. Like, the shots almost make the audience feel like how you would feel if you were really on that horse waiting to go. You know, something interesting that I noticed, too, was every time it was on Walter at the beginning of the race, it Mm -hmm. was a super, super wobbly camera. Like, really handheld. We kind of heard his his heart beating. Yeah. And then with the wobble shots, I kind of felt like the camera um, actually reflected how Walter was feeling. And he kind of seemed a little woozy, you yeah. know, maybe like in a heart attack kind of stage. And then there was an interesting juxtaposition going on between I noticed that. the horse race mm-hmm. and Leon running. And Ronnie. And what I saw was this episode was sort of about Rosie coming back. Yeah. And replacing Leon, 
who the race was cut with. Mm-hmm. As she was racing the horse, Leon was, was running to try to get his weight back down. Right. Also, juxtapose, what's that juxtaposition. word? Juxtaposition. Yes, juxtaposition. I can't speak today. That's a hard word. I'm not going to try to say. I throw out big words. Get used to it. <laughs> Shame on me for trying to sound <laughs> intelligent on Afterbuzz. Okay, Shame. so so they have that also crossed with Ronnie, who is also being replaced by Rosie. Yeah, he's kind of looking out at the ocean. Leon's running his own race against his weight, and Rosie, who has come back to replace them all, is running this race. Yeah, so she definitely made it. She. I guess she just needed that one chance. And Mm -hmm. even though she had that weird start at the beginning of the race that we saw where it was, for some reason, don't know what happened. stayed in the gate a little longer? Yeah, like it stayed in the gate too long, and it was way far behind, but she caught up anyways, and she Mm -hmm. ran along the outside. Which is even harder. Yeah, and still passed everybody. Right, and there was, I mean, they just kind of slowed down that entire world. What's funny is we see everybody's different world, the gamblers, the agents, the jockeys, the owners, but then everybody comes together on the racetrack because they're all watching. That's like the one point in the show where everybody's eyes is looking the same direction. You know, what was interesting, too, that I was kind of noticing was they had a lot of close-ups on that horse, but a lot of close-ups on its nose, which we got mm-hmm. to see later, and I didn't know why, but I thought it was right. just showing the heavy breathing. Mm-hmm. And then after the race is over, we see the horse Walter is bleeding is out of capturing blood from the nose. But also, uh, that's going to cause some serious problems. I mean, this horse might have a disease. It doesn't. Most horses just don't bleed like that after right. a race. But also, the close-ups of the ankles. I kept looking at you because I was getting very scared that we were going to see some breakage going on. There. Yeah, I kind of, as the race was getting really intense, mm-hmm. turned to Kristen and went, snap! <laughs> because of Not it. nice. <laughs> so, you're welcome. No. But I didn't like that. Actually, after that, because that was before they showed the close-ups on the ankles, and then mm-hmm. right afterwards they did, I was like, oh, God, I can't believe I said that. Walter was, like, crying as if this was, like, a lifetime achievement. Can I also show his clap? I feel like Walter was clapping like a seal. With his binoculars. He was like... (laughs) He was clapping with his binoculars, and it was in slow motion, and he was crying, and it looked very retarded. Yes, it did. He did, clapping like a seal. It was a little crazy. But Walter's a little crazy, as we have discovered. I just felt like that entire shot of Rosie riding that horse like made the whole show sort of come together. Yeah. For the first time in four episodes, we see everybody looking the same way, everybody's so focused, and for once, people weren't suffering for, like, one minute of, of all these episodes. They definitely had, like, an interesting musical twist on it, mm-hmm. where it was, like, very, um, kind of a romanticized Relaxed. song. Yes. Yeah. It was, like, a gl- very glorified world at that one moment. Yeah. I feel like this show is all about suspense and building up for one moment. But then it's also about everybody who suffers after that one moment because it's glorified for, like, what, one person who bets on the horse, right horse? Right. And everybody else, like, it's a world of suffering. And and everyone who's in this world, we see Leon struggling with his weight. I just feel like everyone's suffering in this world. Oh, man. And, like, 
Joey pulled out the punches this episode. He's like screaming at Leon. At everyone, not at just everybody. Leon. At, at Escalante, at Ronnie. Everyone tells Joey to go F off. Yeah. And Joey ends up going to a bar and trying to yell at the bartender who also isn't paying think, attention to him. I think he was talking to himself. I he think was. I feel like it was just his own world. Like, know your limits, know your limits, and you know mm-hmm. your limits. And he's like, who am I going to hear from? The bail bonds or the hospital next for Ronnie? So... I, I don't really know what he's doing other than, like, yelling at people. Yeah, not a good episode for Joey. Not a happy time for him. It's he's too bad. always suffering. I feel like somehow he was going to end up representing Rosie if she came back. But maybe mm-hmm. that'll happen in the future now. He's going to somehow end up representing her. Because him and Walter have some sort of relationship. Right. So maybe that will be a way for Joey to kind of pull, pull back. Um, something I noticed with Leon, too. I want to get your thoughts on this, Kristen. Okay. Is when they were in bed together, um, because as we all know, Ro- Rosie is part of the Night Watch as well. <laughs> um, as they were in bed together, Rosie pulls up the race and is watching it and really excited. Mm-hmm. And Leon didn't seem too into it. I felt like he was kind of, I don't know, it seemed like he wasn't exactly happy for her. What did you feel like? I agree. He wasn't happy for her at all. He was actually... Not even watching the race. He was just focusing on her boobs, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't be? Right. I know. She had a really nice body because she, of course, has to watch her weight also. But it was just sad because he's not happy for her. And I wanted that to be a nice romance that was building. And instead, it was just fast-paced like everything else in this world. And it just happened. It's like it wasn't even built on. He didn't seem to care. He doesn't want her to be there. I- I mean, she replaced him. That was supposed to be him on that horse, so he's not going to be happy. Maybe he's pretending. I feel like, I mean, I feel like they've been in a relationship the entire time the show started, and this is the first time they've revealed it to us. Right. So, I mean, who knows how long they've been together, but yeah, I don't think he was really that happy for her either. It seemed like he was kind of like playing like, okay, good good for you, and still like to him, his weight issues are a big, bigger deal, and all of that. So I don't know. I agree. Well, let's take a commercial break, and then we'll come back with predictions. Let's do it. (laughs) After Buzz TV. Hi. I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzzTV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives. And more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? What do you want to buzz about? I'd like to buzz about something, actually. So... Last week, we kind of mentioned the barbecue that they bought mm-hmm. and how it was kind of going to become their hangout spot. <laughs> yeah, And we saw it used it again. Did. That was kind of how they stopped 
Jerry from going out gambling as they were hanging out at their barbecue again. Mm -hmm. So it sort of has become a sort of focal point for the gamblers. I like that. I like that location away from the racetrack. But you know what? That motel is probably very close to the race. I'm sure I'm it guessing is. in walking distance, although Renzo apparently has a driver's license and they have that big van that they all ride around in. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Something we didn't talk about that we wanted to talk about and mention was Renzo talking to... His mommy! His mommy. And his mommy needs some money. Yes. So his mom needs some money. Mm-hmm. And it was... Kind of a strange, to me, I felt like it was a weird, like, it felt like he was talking in code Mm -hmm. in some ways. You don't think it's his mom? You know, it's like, I don't know if it's his mom or not, I'm not sure, but he was talking in very weird code. Like, to me, it wasn't a normal interaction, even if it was his mom asking for money, Mm -hmm. because he was like, meet me in 15 minutes. He said that at at the end of the conversation, like, they're going to meet in 15 minutes. And they kept on talking about, I think, bingo and cigarettes, and it was like, it wasn't... I mean, regardless of what it was, it just didn't seem like a normal interaction to me. My take on it was that I think Renzo's so sweet. I can't see how it's not his mom. And he was like, I'm going to go to a Western Union in 15 minutes and wire you money. So mm. he was telling her where to, what Western Union to go to. Yeah. And he was like, no, I can send you 250 That's not a big problem. I think, you know, she's just kind of mooching off her son. Yeah. And, and he was talking about how he wanted to ask her how fil- the filtered cigarettes worked out because I think he's worried about her health. Mm. But um, she had hung up already. She's just worried about the money. I'm yeah. Mooching off her son. Unfortunately, I feel like he I mean, probably Renzo doesn't. definitely is, like, the nicest guy, so. I liked how they commented on how Jerry's not whole and his creators aren't didn't help him be whole, and they need to recognize that. Yeah, yeah, they, Marcus kind of pulls out some deep wisdom there. He did. And what do you think that was when he came out with the ice bucket? Do you think he was going to go gamble, or do you think he was just, like, saying thanks to them? He had the ice bucket. We don't see him leave the room to go get ice. But he just walks out and looks at them and say, thanks, guys. So, yeah. But if he was going out to gamble, why would he bring the ice bucket with him? So No, I think I have no idea what he was. I think he's just out of it. I think he was probably drunk. And he was probably just eating the ice and decided. He he was, down like this. Yeah, he was just going to walk. I think he came to a, an understanding that he just wanted to say thank you. Speaking of which, I would like some ice. But would you like to go to predictions? I would. Let's go on a prediction. Let's do some predictions. I love that music. And now, you're lights, <laughs> lights. Dumbledore, where are you at? <laughs> Expelliarmus. It's not happening for us tonight. Vada <laughs> Kedavra. <laughs> not gonna happen. I'm not happy. I'm not pleased, Phil. Well, we see in the coming attractions that Ace is fighting with Ex- Escalante about their horse. Because, you know, ever since Gus bought this horse, we have not seen the horse on the racetrack at all. What is Toro doing with their horse? Uh, yeah, we haven't seen them on the racetrack. We haven't seen them being trained. Mm-hmm. All we know is that he has him. And Toro's, like, apparently he's on them, like, look, stop bothering me. Let me do my thing. Stop bothering me. But then we see in the upcoming previews that Chester's pissed at him, too. And mm-hmm. he was, like, apparently he's going to try and ch- test Turo in some way, and he's trying to test him to see, like, I just want to see if you're actually just trying to gamble or if you're going to race my horse for real. Yeah, I mean, Toro is always telling people, let me do my thing, let me do my thing. What exactly do we see him doing? Trying to mooch <laughs> off information from the, the veterinarians. Vet. And I think he's just trying to mess things up. He's just trying to get close to with her so he can manipulate the situation. That's what I see happening. 
And I think Leon is told by Joey in the coming attractions that he gets to ride again. He gets back on a horse. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see. I feel like the weight issues in this episode was very... It was there, but it wasn't a huge thing. It was kind of I wanted it to be thing. bigger. I wanted to see some people making themselves puke. Right. I, I mean, take us to that world because I know that's how it is. And for I was like, how fat is he? What's he been eating that's making him or drinking? But we didn't get to see that too much. We just much. see him running. He's out like Forrest Gump right now. But yeah, it seems like the main thing that we're going to be seeing is just a lot going on with Turo. And hopefully that'll be next episode because this is a big thing with Turo going on. Yes. And I see Claire gets the check next week. Do you? Well, how much do you think that check's going to be? Do you think it's going to be what she asked for? Her think, eyes were pretty big. I think it'll be more than what she asked for. I think it'll be more, too. Maybe a, maybe a special invite to dinner you know also what? enclosed. A special mm. note. Do you think Ace returned her special na- note with another special note? <laughs> you know what? I think they are going to go to dinner. I think there's going to be something with them that's going to go on. And I think next episode we'll actually find out a little bit on what that private information was, why she was... Mm-hmm. so interested in this. I think a little bit of it's going to come out next episode. And Marcus goes to the doctor. Hopefully well, he's okay. Hopefully. And I want to see what happens with Jerry, too, next episode with the gambling. Is oh he going to go man. fall back? I don't know. So many questions unanswered. Hey, guys, this is Kristen. You can check me out at, at Cinematic Escape. And I am Dave Klein. You can check me out at, at the Dave Klein. Until next time, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for checking us out. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.